Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. With your host, Philip Randazzo. What is going on, Yield Mastermind Talks podcast? This is your host, Philip Randazzo. And guys, today we have another special, exclusive, one-on-one interview, and it is a good one. And that now that is actually an understatement. It's a fantastic interview. We are speaking today with Layla Cowhig, and guys, she is someone that you, you're going to learn a ton from. Let me just hop into her bio real quick here. So guys, Layla Cowhig is the founder of The Human Athlete. She is also an active duty service member with the U.S. Army, and she's currently working as one of the lead instructors at the U.S. Army Physical Fitness School. She's currently pursuing her master's in sports psychology, and she holds numerous certifications And I'm not even going to get into them, guys. You have to check out her website, thehumanathlete.com. She has more certifications than anyone I've seen and all relative. I mean, she is such a well-rounded person to be teaching athletes. I think it's fantastic. And let me just talk about what The Human Athlete is real quick. It's an online business that offers one-on-one coaching and personal training tailored to those who are willing to put in the time and effort into reaching their goals She does things such as analyze movement. She uses heart rate monitors to track progress. I mean, she is a very individualized trainer. And guys, being in the physical fitness world myself, or at least having been in that world, let me just tell you, that is exactly what you need to look for when you are looking for a trainer or someone who's going to coach you through anything that you are trying to to accomplish when it revolves around your health, your fitness. You need an individualized plan. You cannot go into these cookie-cutter plans like insanity and all that stuff. Those will work for some people, but for a lot of people, it just doesn't make sense. So guys, really make sure that that you're looking for that first and foremost. But if you are in need of that, after listening to this interview, I have no doubt that you're going to want to reach out to Layla and have her give you some guidance because she is someone who has lived a lot of life. She has a lot of experiences. You're going to hear some incredible stories about when she was overseas in Afghanistan on on a deployment. Uh, You're going to hear some of her stories about how she got involved in fitness and why she is someone who is so valuable in the fitness field and someone that you guys are going to learn a ton from. I'm going to stop talking and let the interview speak for itself. Guys, please enjoy my interview with Miss Layla Cowhig. And real quick, before we get into that, just a word from our sponsors. Today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Fuel 101. Now, guys, if you're looking for a book that's going to help give you a framework to succeed, to reach your goals, to accomplish those things you've always wanted to accomplish, to take that leap of faith, maybe get you out of your comfort zone a little bit, you know, you might be a person that isn't quite sold on personal development books, self-help books, maybe you're a young person who doesn't feel like the books relate to you, you could be any age, Rocket Fuel 101 is a six-step process that's going to propel you towards your goals and stop you from drifting through life. This is one of those books that's going to provide you with a framework. This six-step process is going to help you figure out your passions, pick a trajectory, you know, launch your mission, go ahead, set those goals, go 100% at it. You're going to bring people along with you. You're going to find a mastermind network. There's so many things that this book is going to give you. You do not want to miss out on getting a copy for yourself. And in sponsoring the show, Rocket Fuel 101 is going to give you 15% off any and all purchases of books, whether it be the hard copy or ebook. All you have to do is go to the Rocket Fuel 101 numbers, Rocket Fuel 101 book.com. Again, that's the Rocket Fuel 101 book.com. And when you're at the checkout, type in the promo code podcast. That's promo code podcast. You are going to receive 15% off your purchase. And this is something, it's not a one time deal. You will get this no matter how many purchases you make. All right, so here's what I want you guys to do in this order. Go to therocketfuel101book.com. 
Get yourself, your friends, your family, whoever you want, get them a copy of the book, enter promo code podcast, and start reading. You guys don't want to miss out on this. All right. Hello, Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. This is your host, Philip Randazzo. And today we have another fantastic, special, exclusive interview straight to you guys. And I am here today with a Layla Cowhig. Layla, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We kind of had a little uh, scheduling troubles here over the past week, but I'm glad we finally got you on the show. Yes. Awesome. Fantastic. All right. So you guys heard Layla's intro. Uh, I'm just going to ask her to dive right in. So Layla, I'd love it if you could just kind of share your story up until this point. Kind of tell us how you uh, got to be uh, in the U.S. Army, how you came to be part of the fitness school there, and what really drove you to fitness? Um, well, uh, I graduated high school, um, and about three days after high school, I joined the military. I had to get out of the, 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 the situation that I was in. Um, and it wasn't very, uh, it wasn't very conducive for a young child to be in a, you know, in that type of environment. So I joined the military. Gotcha. Um, so with that being said, in Korea for about a year and and, uh, in Georgia for about 20 months. And then, um, I was soon stationed at... Fort Riley, where I deployed. I was about 23 years old, um, still, you know, young, mind partying, all that good jazz, of course, being 23. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so when I joined the military, my younger brother, who was a year younger than I, joined the military too because he wanted to follow my footsteps and whatnot. Wow. Yeah. So I was like, oh, cool. And then when I got to Fort Riley, he told me that he was getting stationed there too. And I was like, wow, that's even better. So um, the thing is, is that when I deployed, they moved my deployment date about three or four days to the left. Uh, so I had to leave earlier. And okay. the day that my brother was supposed to get there, um, I was leaving. So oh, I did- no. Yeah. So I deployed. And then the first, uh, the first month there, we received casualties. And ironically, the first ca- casualty that I seen, which was, you know, DOA, dead on arrival, was from Guam. And that's where I was from. Or that's where I am from. And it's crazy because, like, when I saw this guy, he looked almost like my brother. And that, like, really got to me. Um, So my brother told me, you know, he was also deploying as well. So um, I had to to do something before that, like, really ruined my mental state. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was in a Ford operating base that was only a five-mile radius. I slept, ate, worked. I was around the same people 24-7, seven days a week in the same uniform. We were not allowed to leave that forward operating base. So uh, about half a mile from where I worked at was a gym, and that's where I started running. Um, I didn't really know how to lift or anything like that, so I started (laughs) running. And it took away a lot of that emotional pain because it really just gave me more of a physical high, physical pain and whatnot. So. Um, and then, you know, of course they would have, uh, TVs on, on the, on the news and stuff. And, you know, um, it would show how many soldiers were, you know, not coming home and stuff. And, um, of course that really hit me. So each mile I ran, I dedicated to every soldier, you know, that was not able to go home and whatnot. And that's where I just started to um, dive right into fitness. And then I ran my first 10 K coming back off a of deployment. And I loved it because, you know, I obviously, um, placed, uh, top three in my first oh, race. Oh, wow. In your, in your first ever 10 K. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, so of course that, you know, drove me more into running and I, and then I started running half marathons and enjoyed that army 10 milers and whatnot and started placing here and there. Um, and then I started looking into like mentors and that's where Kara Goucher, Jamie Eason, you know, started my spike into this physical fitness realm. So 
that that's where it's led me here now. <laughs> that is fantastic. Well, first of all, thank you for your service. And I mean, that is just an absolutely incredible story. And, you know, for those of you guys, obviously you heard the intro. I mean, Layla has a ton of certifications. I mean, she is one of the most qualified people that I've ever come across. And, you know, Layla, I'm also in fitness myself. I'm a certified personal trainer, certified uh, performance enhancement specialist and lifestyle coach. So I, I get this area and man, you, I mean, you have more certifications than anyone I've ever seen. I think that's incredible. And that just shows your passion for what you do. Um, so I, I, I mean, were you, um, in like in high school, did you, did you ever run at all or were you involved in fitness or was this something that just kind of grew out of your need to release that energy and all that stuff? Like you said, when, when you got deployed. So, you know, I'm about 31 years old and I've shared my, my story to a few people now. And I would think that by now I'd be okay with sharing with it without getting all emotional. But growing up, I, uh, you know, my dad passed away and my mom remarried. So I had a stepfather. And um, so this whole con- this environment that was not conducive as a childhood, basically mm-hmm. my childhood was taken away from this father figure. Um, so I was not able to uh, participate in intramural sports, you know, after, you know, after school activities or whatnot. So I was still active as far as like being outdoors and whatnot, but I was never... Um, you know, an athlete in high school or middle school or whatnot. And, you know, when I deployed, that's when everything just sparked my physical fitness interest. So yeah, nothing specific in middle school or high school. That's awesome. So where where exactly did you grow up? Um, I was born and raised on Guam. I lived um, in um, Seattle for a few years, really, really young, but most of my life was on Guam, very sheltered, <laughs> always around my family. Awesome. So, I mean, I know you're, you're, st- you're still currently part of the Army, but I just wanted to ask you, you know, what, if, if someone asked you what was the top one or two things that the Army has taught you, um, because like you said, you know, you, you left a, a not very conducive environment and, you know, from I've I've had a couple people on the show who like Trevor Shirk, um, who you are very familiar with, who are you know still in the army, and they always, I mean, they just the amount of of learning that's done there is incredible. So if someone asked you what are the one or two things that that you've learned most from being a part of the army, what would you answer? Um, probably two things: be agile and open minded. Awesome. And um, if you wouldn't mind just expanding a little bit on what agile means. Um, just. The ability to adapt to whatever comes to you. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah. you know, sometimes being in the military, um, you'll find yourself in situations where you really have to think fast. And then there's going to be times where you really, really have to, you know, think things through before you make any type of decisions because um, it could really impact somebody's life, um, even your life and whatnot. So just being able to just think fast on your feet and also being physically fit and being able to move as fast as possible and then as slow as possible at the same time. Yep. (laughs) I mean, mean, that, that is probably the most, um, I mean, in those types of situations, that's probably the most like versatile meaning of agile because you have to be, like you said, quick on your feet, like as quick as humanly possible. But at the same time, your thoughts have to be very slow and precise. I mean, I can't even imagine that's got to be very mentally taxing, but So I'd like to, so basically, you know, you were in the army and then all of a sudden you get into fitness. So tell, tell me the story or tell us the story of how you got involved with the, uh, the fitness training program in the army. So I'm currently one of the, um, lead instructors for the U S army physical fitness school. And we teach the, uh, master fitness trainer course. Um, and so, like I said, you know, I got into fitness with marathons, half mar- more endurance aspect. Um, and then one of my uh, coworkers was like, hey, you know, the U.S. Army is, uh, U.S. Army Physical Fitness School is looking for people to work over there. And I think you're an excellent candidate. And I almost blew it off um, because oh, I was no. like, who am I to even work over there? So I sent up all of my, my stuff and they contacted me and was like, hey, we want you to work here. And there were some bumps in the road, but eventually I got there. And I mean, it's amazing. So, yes, I, I have an endurance background. I've switched over to powerlifting because of the amount of learning. And also, I think just being 
their uh, fitness in the army, it just more well-rounded. Because, you know, I can swim, bike, run, and all that good jazz. And now I'm in the powerlifting community, and I'm just loving, loving it. And, you know, when I do hit the pavement to go run a few miles, I feel amazing. Yeah, that, yeah, it's, that's awesome. And um, powerlifting is such a rel- well-rounded form of lifting. It's just, I mean, because it, it makes you utilize every single muscle in your body and the, you know, the, the chain, if you will, um, everything has to work in unison. And so I love to powerlift myself. And that that's an incredible story. And I think that relates, I mean, I relate a lot to that. And I'm sure a lot of listeners also can relate. You know, there's these opportunities that become presented to us and they're these, you know, golden, perfect opportunities. And then sometimes we're almost not even able to take that leap because, you know, like you mentioned, we, we think, you know, who are we to, to be the person leading this master fitness school? And why am I the one who should be allowed to do this? And if you hadn't done that, you wouldn't be in the position you are today. So, you know, that's incredible for you to actually take that leap. And I find in the people that I've talked to more times than not, people are too afraid and actually don't take the leap. And if that had happened for you, I'm sure it would have been, you know, your, your course of life probably would have been a whole lot different. You'd still be involved in fitness, but you know, I sat in on your guys's program, uh, at Fort Carson, uh, outside of Denver. And man, I mean, the amount of knowledge that you're able to teach the people, it's absolutely incredible. So that's awesome that you took that leap. Yes. Thank you. All right. So I want to kind of transition here. I'm going to backtrack just a little bit. So you know, in getting deployed, what were some of the, you know, as far as obstacles, and I don't, we don't have to get into specific stories, but what were some of the, the major things that you learned about yourself as far as, you know, like you said, you got there, it's obviously a, a crazy situation, and there's a lot going on, and, you know, you're able to kind of release from that through exercise, but, you know, sometimes that can't happen, so, you know, you probably have some introspection going on there. What are some of the biggest things that you learned about yourself through your deployment? And were you deployed just once or more than once? Um, I was fortunate uh, enough to only be deployed once, and okay. it was 15 months in Baghdad. But some things I learned about myself being deployed is um, everything does not revolve around you. <laughs> <laughs> and that you know is tough I mean? for a lot of us to learn. Yes. But at the same time, in order for you to take care of others, you really have to take care of yourself and identify what are your weaknesses and strengths and not neglect your strengths. I mean, your, your weaknesses and to include your strengths as well. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think that also I take on a lot of things and there's some of the books that I've read that's helped me really like be able to say no to things and really focus on things that are, that's, that's important to me. Yeah. And if you wouldn't mind sharing what those books were, um, one main book that I, absolutely love and i've probably read it about three or four times now on um just from traveling is the um, essentialism yes yeah greg McEwen. that's a fantastic book yes i absolutely love 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 that book that's awesome and were there any other titles or that's that's like them if if someone could read one main book that would be it yes that and the alchemist i absolutely love it i just finished reading the alchemist for the second time and it's basically helped me with um my current business right now. <laughs> yeah, and and man, those are those are The Alchemist is my favorite book and Essentialism is right up there. But yeah, I mean, I've read The Alchemist probably close to a dozen times. It's such a simple read. It's told um in a story form that's just so easy to dive into. I finish it usually within a day because it's just so inspiring. It just draws you in. Those are two fantastic recommendations. And so I I want to ask you, so you You've completed a half Ironman, correct? Yes. Now, what? Because that I mean, that just blows my mind. So, if you <laughs> first of all could explain to the audience, if someone's unfamiliar with with the Ironman format, what exactly a uh, half Ironman entails in terms of distance of swim, bike, and run, and then also what was it like preparing for that, and then ultimately competing in that event and and then completing it. Okay, so the half Ironman is a triathlon which consists of three events. Uh, first, it consists of a swim, which is 1.2 miles, and it's usually open water. Um, and then a 56-mile bike ride, and then a half marathon, which is 3.1 miles. Um, so 13.1 miles, correct? 13, yes, yes 13.1. Okay. Um, and so my one of my buddies, 
he is an endurance freak. And he was like, hey, we should sign up for an Ironman. And I'm like, holy crap. Uh, okay, let's do it. <laughs> and I and at first I was like, let's like scale back and let's do a half Ironman. He was like, all right. So I know how to swim to survive, but not efficiently. And swimming 1.2 miles, you have to swim efficiently because you have two other events that you have to complete within a with a time frame. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I had to learn how to swim. And as psycho as I am, as far as training, I mean, I got it down after eight months of just straight training, um, for as far as technique. Um, and then for the bike, it wasn't too bad. Um, and that goes with technique as well. And then the run, and that's also technique. So I really, really focused on all of my techniques for the first eight months. And I had about a little over a year to train for it. Um, and then, of course, I had somebody that was very well familiar with these events. Um, so I was, I was lucky to have him. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, is that all of my training was either on a trainer or in a pool. <laughs> and I've never <laughs> swam in open water. So finally, you know, that day comes and I'm freaking out. You cannot <laughs> see inside that water. And there's like a, like thousands of people. And it was in Florida in August. Oh, okay. my goodness. So everybody that thinks that Florida is flat, the place I, I was at was not flat. Definitely <laughs> flat. So I got in the water and I was freaking out. And my buddy was like, you know, you need to calm down. And I'm like, all right, calm down. So, you know, I did all my uh, mental training that I've done or whatever. So I finally got my groove. And what's funny is that I left him behind. Oh, wow. <laughs> I had finished the swim way before him. Uh, but he caught, he caught up to me on the bike and after the bike, um, well actually during the bike, um, I went up this hill and it was probably like mile 30 something. And I was like, what the F am I doing? (laughs) Why do I put myself through this? I get nothing out of this. Right. And (laughs) right when I get over the hill, I see the sign. Do you need Jesus? (laughs) (laughs) I just started laughing. I'm like, all right, I got to I got to just finish this. So, I finished the bike. I get into transition, you know, get all my running stuff on, and then I start running. And I'm like, my legs feel like they are buried in cement. And I and it's hot as hell, all right? Yeah, so I mean, running. Florida in August, I can't even Yeah, <laughs> it was like over 100 degrees. So, I'm like, man, this is this is going to suck. And the first like quarter mile I see a freaking another hill and I'm like what (laughs) where am I at this is not Florida so I'm running and I see my buddy in front of me and I'm like ah I bet this is his second lap because it was a three lap uh route for this 13.1 mile run gotcha I'm like hey you're on your second lap he's like no I'm on my first I'm like holy shit so I passed him (laughs) no no you're fine that was my motivation and I beat him I beat him on my first oh my goodness yes first iron half iron man well congratulations and I mean First of all, I, I mean, I consider myself somewhat athletic and in decent shape, but when it comes to swimming, that is just a, a totally different ball game in terms of fitness. I mean, I am probably the world's worst swimmer, and like you said, to be able to, to swim 1.2 miles and then bike 56 and get off that bike and still have to run 13 miles, I mean, and like you said, there's hills, it's just, that is an incredible feat in itself. I I can't even imagine. I've done one. I mean, it's you can't even call it an Ironman. It was a mini triathlon where we swam a little bit, biked 12 miles, and ran three miles. And I thought that was difficult. So, c- congrats on finishing, and not only finishing, but but beating your trainer. And I think I think that's awesome. And it, it kind of it's funny because you see, or at least I've noticed that a, a lot more lately. And like for instance, I'm a huge basketball fan, and I love Michael Jordan. And you know, he was taught by his older brother and was getting beat on by his older brother. And then one day, you know, the tides turned and, um, I know that's similar for me and my brother cause I've trained him and now he is, you know, leaps and bounds better than me. And you know, that's, that's similar for you. Like you were trained, but it, it comes down to motivation and drive. And obviously you had enough of it to put in the effort. I mean, you trained for over a year for this thing and then went ahead and, and uh, beat your, you know, quote unquote mentor. So that's awesome. Um, now let's transition into your business. So, you know, you are the founder of The Human Athlete. So just go ahead and explain what you're trying to accomplish with this business. 
So the human athlete is a um, online business and it's for it's for remote coaching, personal training, whatever you want to call it. But it's really just, you know, me giving my services out there to help guide and educate folks that want to either reach a goal, whether it be a 10K, 5K powerlifting meet um, or just lifestyle change. And in the end, I just want to promote longevity of life through functional fitness. And I, you know, I think that what makes this business so successful, um, actually what makes this, what makes the athletes so successful is that these programs are just tailored to them versus cookie cutter programs. Um, Because, you know, when we want to walk into a gym and start lifting and whatnot, um, I hear comments like, Oh, as long at least I spent an hour at the gym today. You know, sometimes you can do more damage than good being in the gym. <laughs> yes, especially yes, you if you don't know the proper movement mechanics. Um, and then, for example, the squat. Um, basically, you're just squatting, but there's more than just squatting. And then you see folks, you know, trying to trying to beat each other as far as weight or whatnot. But really, instead of looking at the weight, you should look at how you know how fluid people's movements are, so that way. You don't injure each other or injure yourself. Yeah, no, that you're, you're spot on, and that's something that I deal with a lot in the nutrition realm. It's that you know people try these cookie cutter nutrition plans, and while the Atkins diet may work for one person, it's not going to work for the other five people over here who don't have that metabolic type. And it's the same thing with fitness. You know, you you can go into the gym, but like you said, you really can do more damage than good sometimes if you're in the gym and you don't know what you're doing and your buddy's there and he claims he knows how to lift but his form's all messed up and he's trying to lift as much weight as humanly possible and you're there trying not to look too bad next to him so you're lifting way too much weight and your form is totally wrong I think you're spot on there and um, so if you if you had to give somebody like let's say there's a listener out there who is just looking to get started with fitness and they're not sure where to start what would be you know your your advice to them, like a couple tips just to get them at least going in the right direction? Call me. (laughs) (laughs) I would tell them to call me. Um, I would first probably have them figure out what their goal is. If their goal is to lift 3,000 pounds off the ground or just, you know, it, it all depends. A lot of these fitness questions, health and wellness questions, you know, they don't, you know, it's not a one sentence, one word type of question, uh, answer. So it just depends on what their goal is, you know? Um, so I mean, there's, like I said, cookie cutter programs and whatnot. Yes, of course, they're going to work to some capacity because you're doing something other than just sitting on a couch or laying on a bed. But, yeah. um, you know, it just depends on what their goal is. And if you're looking for one sentence type of answer i would just say figure out what your goal is and be specific about it instead of hey i want to lose weight okay what kind of weight how much weight fat you want to gain muscle all depends on the individual yep yep you're spot on with that and um man it's 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 so true it's people really need to to get specific with their goals and that's something that we do at the yield mastermind group quite a bit is look at goals and it's it's funny that you mentioned that because that's I think people are are scared to put certain um, specifics into their goals because then they know it's real and they know they can measure up to it whether I you know I hit that goal or I didn't hit the goal. And me being a personal trainer, at least in the past, I've noticed the same thing with fitness. People say they want to lose weight, but they have trouble specifying how much because they know if they specify, then it becomes real and they have to actually go out and do something to hit that goal. Whereas if they say they just want to lose weight and two or three pounds comes off, well, it kind of hit my goal because I did lose weight. You know, it's, I think you're, you're absolutely right. People need to get very, very specific. And so I'm, I'm just curious, you know, you're, you're part of this master fitness school with the U.S. Army. What made you want to transition into owning your own business? And I mean, I got to imagine that, um, you know, your daily schedule with the Army is probably pretty rigorous and pretty intense. And then to have your own business on the side, I mean, you obviously have a certain level of passion for fitness. So what prompted you to make that transition into, you know, this being your your day job to something that you want to ultimately have as your own business? So it's funny that you asked that because I was just 
dealing with some of my students that were just like, hey, I want to be, you know, I want to be one of your athletes that you train, this and that, because of this X, Y, Z, and all the struggles that they've been facing as far as physical fitness and wellness. Well, um, last year, I lost my grandmother, and it was I'm around August time. So uh, I had just got to Alaska, and we were there for two weeks to do a class with the U.S. Army Physical Fitness School. And as soon as we landed, about two hours later, I got a phone call from my brother crying. And he's like, yeah, you know, our grandmother passed away. And I think about her, and I think about her, like, background as far as how she ate, what she did physically. Uh And I feel as if if I were with her, I probably would have helped add on a few more years to her life um, by educating her and helping her being physically fit. So... It really, really got the best of me because she is probably my number one fan. And she is definitely the person that's driven me through a lot of um, my tough times. Uh Um, And then, you know, like my students who say, hey, you know, I want to do this, but I can't get there. So it's not just one particular person that's helped me spark my interest in having my own business, but it's multiple people. I see so many people out there struggle, struggle, struggle. And it's not the lack of motivation, um, but it's more so the lack of education that they have. And if they knew why you should do this, 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 and should eat this, 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 maybe they would understand it better and it would, you know, help them reach their goals a little faster and then, you know, have a better lifestyle. And instead of, you know, having their family members wheel them around in a wheelchair, you know, helping them to their medical appointments, they could spend that time with their family enjoying what they should be enjoying, which is life. You know what I mean? So, yeah, Yeah, yeah. I mean, if there's no better motivator, um, you know, and, and just being made aware that, you know, you do have something that a lot of people need and a lot of people could really benefit from because, you're exactly right. You know, it's and I that I love that line where you said it's not a lack of motivation, it's a lack of education. And I mean, people like you and me, we can walk into a, you know a big box gym today, and basically you, you can look around and see that probably ninety percent of people do not really know what they're doing in the gym. And the funniest <laughs> part is, is that probably seventy five percent of those people have been working out for one, five, ten years of their life at a minimum. It's it's it blows my mind that. You know, people don't at least just seek counsel in the beginning because that's what I did. You know, I had a I had a trainer when I was like 13 years old because my dad knew the importance of form and technique. And so just learning how to lift properly set the foundation for being able to, you know, build my body and build my fitness to a level that makes sense. And people that don't do that, I'm sure you've had a ton of experience with this. They they break down, they have injury and, and setback that just really hinders their performance. Yes. Yes. So, you know, with my business, you know, it's not about how successful my business is based off of dollar amount. It, my success is based off of how my how my athletes are with their progress and whatnot. And um, like I said, you know, I just I just want the people that I come across to spend their life with family versus stress on whatever medical issues that they have that they could have avoided by changing their lifestyle. You know, people are like, I, I hear people all the time talk about how, how expensive it is to, to eat healthy. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so would you rather eat all this processed food, you know, and then later on down the line, you're going to pay for it because you have type two diabetes or whatever. And guess who's going to have to drive you to your medical appointments and watch you slowly die? Your family members. Yep. So, you know, it's, it's just incredible how, how, you know, closed minded and not so much closed minded, but uneducated people are with physical fitness and then just their lifestyle in general. Yep. You know, and yep. I, I want to make that change. I want, and if I could do it for free, I would, but I can't because I have bills just like yep. everybody else, you know? <laughs> yep. Yep. And I, I think that's funny you mentioned that because that's something we talked about the other day when we chatted on the phone to set this interview up. And that is, that is when I knew like, man, she is obviously super passionate about 
all this stuff because anyone who's willing to do something for free, if they could, is in the right business. And I was chuckling when you were talking about, um, you know, people saying that, it, you know, the, the good, you know, healthy organic food is too expensive because in the, uh, the holistic wellness and nutrition world, we, we say you can either pay the farmer now or you can pay the doctor later. And you alluded to that perfectly when, you know, and, and I never had even thought about the, the aspect that, you know, not only are you paying the doctor later, but you are then bringing in your family into this equation because they're the ones who are going to have to take care of you because you are going to be unable to take care of yourself. And that's something I think that we all need to keep in mind. And I mean, we live in a time where people are more sedentary than they've ever been before. And movement in any form, I mean, even walking is just so almost non-existent. I mean, we have so many ways to make it so that we don't have to do anything. I mean, we've made our lives so easy and comfortable for ourselves that people don't even understand how to move properly. And I know some of your certifications are probably deal a ton with form and a, a ton with movement and gait patterns. And I mean, I'm sure you, you can talk to the fact that people almost don't even know how to walk or run correctly anymore because we are so sedentary. Yes, absolutely. Um, one class that I teach is running technique and analysis, and people would be shocked at how they look when they run because I record them and I play it back to them, you know, slow motion. I show them um, how they run, what their form looks like, and they're like, holy shit, I look like garbage. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder why I'm so tired at the end. It's not because, you know, I ran three or four or five miles. It's because it's wasted energy that I'm spending on the way my head is tilted back or the way my arms are, you know, moving or whatnot. So yeah, yeah, you're right. It's, it's about moving efficiently. And it's just a ton of wasted energy. And especially in a, you know, in an area like being in the military, like being a soldier, you need to be efficient with your energy. And then similar with the the half Ironman story that you told us earlier. I mean, you freaking out in the beginning about the swim could have totally destroyed the entire rest of the race for you if you weren't able to get in the right mindset, because that is valuable, valuable energy that you need to, to, um, you know, basically reserve for the end of the race. Because how, I mean, how long did it take you to finish that half Ironman? Um, I think it took me right at, uh, about probably eight hours maybe, or seven thirty. I don't remember, but it was, it was either 30 to 30 minutes to an hour, um, before the cutoff. Gotcha. I mean, and First of all, that's incredible that you even finished, but you know, my getting back to the point I was trying to make kind of in a roundabout way, had you not been able to get in the right mindset, that energy loss in the beginning could have totally inhibited you from actually finishing that race. So I think that's something, yeah, I mean, we all need to be able to, and especially when people get, um, you know, caught up in, in those negative emotions, it's tough to bring yourself back to center and be able to conserve your energy. And so you know, just really quickly, I'd like to to talk to you about, you know, do you have like a daily ritual that you do every day or what do you do to get yourself centered or maybe even take us through that experience um, when you were beginning that half Ironman swim? How did you get yourself calm uh, when you were totally freaking out about the, the obstacle ahead? So right now, um, well, growing up, I grew up as a Catholic and uh, uh, being in the military, um, I started to question my religion, and then I started looking at different other religions, and I came upon Buddhism, and it's more of meditation and whatnot, being one with yourself. And then I took a course within the Army, which is called the Master Resiliency Training Course, and that really opened my mind and opened my eyes to a lot of things about myself. Um, so right before the Ironman, I was probably dry heaving for about good 45 minutes to the drive. Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, I really had to calm myself down. So what I usually do is just, you know, close my eyes and like take deep, deep breaths and then actually mimic, uh, the way the, the events look in my mind and how I would demolish those events. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, visualization is is critical, especially when you are going into an event like that where you can, in fact, visualize every single aspect of what that event is going to look like. And I mean, you trained for an entire year or more for this event, and 
you know, that's something people have to realize is that even though you've put in the effort, sometimes things can still throw off your game and, and, you know, that happening right before that event that you put that much time into the ability for you to get back, you know, into yourself to be centered and to be able to, to complete that event. That's something that not a lot of people are able to do. And something that I'm trying to help people with through this show as one avenue is to, to help people give them some tools to figure out how to, you know, if they, if they kind of get going, if their mind gets a little bit racing, just to get them back into the right mindset. You know, a lot of people put in the effort. A lot of people are very qualified to do what they're setting out to do. And sometimes it's just those, those little things, even ourselves, our minds can throw us off to, to a point from stopping us achieving our goals that we want to achieve. Yes. Focus. Get a focus. Not worry about everything else and just focus on yourself, really. Yep. Yep. You are, you are spot on with that, Layla. Thank you. So one more question before we get into the rapid fire section of the show. What, what's in store for you? What's in store for the human athlete? What's the, what's the one next thing that you are really currently working on more than anything else? Um, so right now I'm just, you know, focusing on the athletes that I have now, making sure that I give them a hundred percent of my time, um, and just programming. And, you know, like I said, my, my, my business is not about a dollar amount, but how successful my athletes, um, are. And it's more so, um, it's more so on the quality of of attention that I give them versus the amount of athletes that I have. You know, so right now I don't have a hundred athletes. I don't have 50 athletes. I have a handful of athletes and I'm extremely happy that these athletes have their trust in me for me to, you know, help them get to where they want to get. And overall, like I said, just freaking moving, you know, functionally moving correctly. Yep. Yep. That's the, it's the Jerry Maguire effect. It's not how many people you have under you. It's, you know, it's the quality that you're giving them. Do you have any athletes that are currently um, about to embark on some some challenges or take on an event or anything that you like to shout out? Yes, actually, I do. Um, I have one athlete. His name is Jeffrey Nason. He just finished his first powerlifting meet, and he was training with me since June of last year, and he had his powerlifting meet in December um, he have obviously, you know, made some PRs or whatnot, but he's going to have another, um, uh, meet in March and he's also in the military. So we're hoping to, to place somewhere within the top three or five. <laughs> awesome. Hey, well, congratulations to him. That's incredible that he, that he took that on and did that. And yeah, you are, uh, you are currently training for your first powerlifting event, uh, in December. So good luck, uh, on that. I mean, you still have, uh, a long way to go, but like, I mean, it's, it is a, it is a long journey. And, uh, I mean, I'm sure you're super excited for that. I've, I've never, I've never had the urge to compete in a powerlifting event. I don't know if it's, if, if it's me being scared or what, but, <laughs> but congrats for taking that on. Cause it is, it isn't an easy thing to do. No, it is not <laughs> most definitely not. But, um, you know, it, I think the best thing about competitions is the journey, the training that comes with it. You know, exactly. and the competition itself is just the icing on the cake. Yep, you're spot on. And that's that just reminded me of The Alchemist. You know, it's 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 so much about the journey of what you're doing and stopping along the way and just kind of being in the moment and realizing the incredible journey that you are on. I think that's great advice for anybody listening. I mean, we get so caught up in the in the end goal sometimes. And then, the, you know, for me, it's funny. I've I've had this happen to me personally where you reach a goal you set for yourself. And when you set it, you thought it was a really lofty, exciting goal, but you didn't stop to, to enjoy the journey. And once you hit the goal, you, you have kind of this feeling of like, man, is, is that, is this all there is, or is that what I was working so hard for? And so yeah. I think spot on that you, you have to stop and kind of reflect and look around at the people that are on this journey with you and enjoy the process. Yes, most definitely. Awesome. All right, Layla. Well, let's get into the rapid fire portion here. So I'm just going to ask you some short form questions and you can respond however short or long you'd like. Let's get into it. So when you think of success, who is the first person that comes to mind and why? Um, my grandmother. And although she wasn't very successful as far as what she's, you know, set to do or wanting to do as far as schooling and whatnot, 
she has definitely uh, instilled a lot of values within me. Um, I know this one saying she used to say is like, there's always time for family and fun. And then there's also time, there's always time for, you know, work and school and just working really hard. And you, you as the individual have to dictate when is, when that time is for that stuff. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's, that is great advice. We have to be able to personally say yes and no to the things that matter and, and distinguish between those. That's, that's awesome advice. Um, so Layla, what one book, and I know you mentioned a couple earlier. So what one book would you recommend the most or what one book have you gifted the most? Um, uh, essentialism for sure. Um, just because I know, you know, for me, I love to help people. Love, 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 love helping people. But sometimes, you know, you can't help people when you're only giving 5, 10, 15, 50% of your, of your effort and time because all that other effort is distributed amongst other people. So being able to say no, um, knowing what's really important, um, and also allowing to give yourself time for yourself because you have to help yourself in order to help others. Oh, yeah. I mean, th- that you couldn't. It couldn't be more true. You have to be able to help yourself before you help others. And I think that's why, that's kind of why I loved fitness so much. And I'm sure this is probably part of why you love fitness too. And you kind of spoke to it. It's that without health in your life, you cannot give the amount that you want to give to somebody. If you're not healthy, you're not going to have the, the mental clarity to be able to give to your work the way you want to give to it. If you're not healthy, you're not going to be able to be there um, with your family or friends in the activities that you want to be doing. I mean, you have to take care of yourself first. And that's why I love this whole area of health and wellness, because it really is about taking care of yourself first and, and being selfish in that way. But in doing so, you're able to give so much more if you just take care of yourself. Yes, I agree. Fantastic. All right. So is there a podcast or maybe an online resource like a blog or YouTube channel that you recommend to people? Um, other than Yield Mastermind, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I would probably recommend Barbell Shrugged because number one, those guys on there are just, you know, they they're seem animals. Easy. Yeah, and easygoing, and most of all, I think they're very genuine in wanting to help the people that's willing to, you know, put effort and time into listening to what they have to say, and mm-hmm. they're all about not just loading up the bar and putting a whole bunch of weight on, but also technique, technique, technique. Yep. Yep. That's spot on. So everyone listening, I'm obviously going to link to everything that Layla is sharing with us in the show notes. But yes, Barbell Shrugged, fantastic online resource for anything fitness. All right. So if you had to pick one part of your daily routine to do for the rest of your life, if you couldn't do any other parts, what would that one part be and why? Um, probably walking. Um, I, I, you know, reading comes to mind, but I think walking would be that one hobby I would like to continue doing because, I mean, why not? You're moving. You're able to walk with your family, walk with your coworkers, walk by yourself, walk and enjoy the rain, sun, whatever weather that you're in, but just being able to move. Yeah, and real quick, that I mean, that's such a great point, and I, I do that on a daily basis as well, but I think some people underestimate the power of walking. So real quickly, I mean, if you could just share a couple quick tips as to why it really is that important to get out and walk on a daily basis. Well, um, you're not surrounded by four walls. You're underneath the sun, and I mean, all these hormones and chemicals release, which is your happy, happy hormones, mm-hmm. um, and then just... Being able to see what's around you, you know, enjoying the environment. And then if there's people around, even people watching is fun. <laughs> it, it, it really is. And I mean, man, there, there, you guys, if there's one thing you can, you can start doing on a daily basis, like let's say you are totally out of shape, totally overweight. If there's one thing that can really kickstart everything else. It's as we, we call it uh, in the Yield Mastermind group, and then also from the Power of Habit, it's a keystone habit. If you just pick up walking as a keystone habit, that's going to trickle down into eating healthier and then ultimately getting you into the gym, getting you involved with fitness. But yeah, I mean, it really, it helps with digestion. There's so many things that just getting out and walking can do for you. So thank you for sharing that because that's something that I haven't come back to in a while. So I'm glad that that we can share that with people. So we're just going to kind of switch gears here. What is your favorite movie and why? Favorite movie would probably be Grandma's Boy. It has <laughs> nothing to do with fitness, nothing to do with what I do. 
it's just an outlet that completely disconnects what I do. Um, and just, I mean, why not? It's so funny. If you have not watched it. It is the funniest. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it in so long, but man, that, I might have to watch that sometime over the next week because it really is so hilarious. All right. So guys, um, or actually one more question for you, Leila. If you had to bring on another partner into your business and it had to be a professional athlete of some sort, who would it be? Oh, man. Um, professional athlete. So probably, to me, I think he's a professional athlete because he's famous and skateboarding is somewhat athletically demanding. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would probably say Rob Deerdeck, just because I think he's hilarious. I love him. I love his show. I love what he does for people. I love what he does for his family. So, um, you know, other than fitness, having... uh, Having some type of humor in your life definitely goes very, very far. I know when I have headaches and whatnot, um, I'll watch a couple of his shows uh, here and there. And, I mean, it's just it's just instant relief. It is. It is. And, and, man, he is a great answer, too, because he is such a business-savvy guy. And you're right. He is someone who we all could learn a lot from in terms of being well-rounded in our life like you just hit on. You know, you need to be – surrounded by family you need to be able to have the balance between work and fun and laughter and and play and i think he's a great example of being able to do all of that that is an awesome answer all right so layla where can people find out more about you um hmm well i do have a facebook page and at first it was personal and now it's just become you know basically open to whomever wants to be friends yep. with me so they can find me on facebook on layla cowhig Awesome. Um, yeah. And pl- and please share everything about your, your human yes. athlete here as well. Yes. Um, so I also have a Facebook page on uh, the business and it's also called The Human Athlete. Or you can go on the website, which is thehumanathlete.com. So I try to keep everything pretty simple so that way there's no confusion or anything like that. But yeah. Awesome. All right. There you guys have it. Check out thehumanathlete.com. And I'm just going to plug it real quick here because I've I've been on and, and you know just been checking it out, guys. Some great information. You can learn a lot more about Layla and what she does, and you can get some some information on you know what it takes to to maybe get in some better health, get in better shape. And Layla is definitely. I mean, if there's one person that you want to talk to in regards to getting healthy, and uh, you know you don't have to be in the same area that she's in, she can help you out one way or another. Please go on her website, check it out contact her. She is someone who will definitely be be able to help in a huge, massive way. So with that, Layla, we always end the show with our guest sharing their favorite quote. So what is your favorite quote? Health before fitness. I have no idea who came up with that, but I absolutely love it. <laughs> it makes total sense. It makes total sense. Awesome. All right, guys, there you have it. Layla, thank you so much for coming on the show. You've been an incredible guest. You've shared awesome stories. We really appreciate it. Thank you for your time, Philip. Yeah, of course, of course. And guys, if you're interested in more information regarding the Yield Mastermind group, check out yieldmastermind.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Yield Mastermind. And then, of course, iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. We will see you next week.